Hello, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Selling on eBay radio show. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1-833-EBAY-723. That's 1-833-322-9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So another episode of the Silicon eBay Radio Show. Philip Jackson and Sherry Smith with you, keeping you company, keeping you up to date with things that are happening on eBay, maybe helping you with your eBay business to well, have more fun at least and if possible make you a little bit more profitable. Sherry is based in Colorado. She's a full-time eBay seller and a more than full-time dog lover. And you'll see her little doggy on her uh, store if you, uh, if you go and uh, check that out. By the way, That's stores right. that we have, you can find out what we do uh, on uh, our website. We've got some links so you can see the sort of stuff that we sell and how. Uh, the address for that is sell, sell, sell dot online. Sell, sell, sell dot online. And Philip lives on the sunny side of the U.S. where it never gets cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's one of those guys who actually reads user manuals, which is rare because I didn't know any men ever read a user manual. Um, he loves laundry paraphernalia and long walks among the alligators in the swamps. That's it. Very good. <laughs> and uh, coming up on this week's edition of the Selling on eBay Radio Sherry. Do we have a show this week? Yeah, we do. What are we going to do? Okay, we are going to talk about something that I don't have in front of me, but I know we're going to talk about what is a top-rated seller. And yes. Is it important? Do you want to be one? And I'm so glad you picked that topic because I would have immense difficulty actually explaining the systems. I'm looking forward to a concise and uh, simple to understand exp- explanation. Uh, we'll also bring you the update on the various cyber stalking cases that are underway between eBay and others. Uh, update on that coming up. Also, Sherry. Do you abuse the eBay messaging system? Naughty old you. Do you do that? We'll find out (laughs) later on. Uh, So in the news this week, eBay news. uh, I noticed uh, in my sort of general activities here, and by the way, I'm kind of an eBay arbitrageur. I buy low and I sell high on eBay. So I guess I do as much buying as I do selling. And there's lots of frustrations, um, both buying and selling on eBay. I, mean, I guess that's inevitable. But seeing as they've turned it into Haggle Bay, where you have to go back and forth and offer and wait for stuff to come in from the seller, one of the frustrations, at least from a buyer's point of view, and that there's not much you can do about this as a seller, with all these offers that go on, uh, the way they work it is that you make an offer, seller comes back with their counter offer but they do their best to conceal the previous offer history. You have to click on something to expand the offer history to see what it was on earth you offered in the first place, and maybe has there been a to and fro. And I can't imagine any situation where you would not want to know that information before you type in your next number. It's one of those things that you think, okay, someone has sat down in a room with a whiteboard and a bunch of intelligent people (laughs) and a user interface expert and all this other stuff, and yet they produce this. And it's not a big deal. I can cope with it. Uh, it's just a slight waste of time. But it just makes you wonder, you know, what is the thought process in the product world in eBay that you think, well, clearly the people that sat in that room have never actually used this platform 
for any length in time because they would just think that's a stupid way of going about it. Anyway, nothing I can do about it, but I just, you know, just a bit frustrated by that, as you can maybe, maybe tell. Sherry, yeah, a, a good someone, week for you? Um, yes, but I do want to just say regarding the offer history mm-hmm. that I've had someone say, hey, will you take 250 for example? Yeah. And I said, I'll meet you in the middle at 325 And he said, mm-hmm. well, you just sent me an offer at 315 you know, through the eBay yeah. send offers. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that's just an example of and where it would be that's helpful. That's the other thing that I don't get about how people handle this, you know, is this meet in the middle thing makes no sense to my mind. Because <laughs> if you started every price at $10 million, you'd counter every every offer, well, let's meet in the middle and you pay me $5 million. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It just is such a stupid <laughs> remark, in my opinion doesn't help move the thing forward at all other than make the thing totally arbitrary and make me less in, less inclined to reach agreement with you. So anyway, side side remark from me. <laughs> okay, well, um, so anyway, with my week, I've had a major epiphany spurred okay. by mm-hmm. iPhone, mm-hmm. my iPhone, um, because it said, hey, we have a new thing. And usually when oh, they yeah. have a new thing, I'm just like, get past it. I don't want to hear it. I'll learn it later. But this one said, we'll send you a summary all at one time, twice a day, instead of every time I get an email. So do you still get ka-ching, or is that now summarized into a a twice a day thing? You know, I can't. It looks like that's also going into the twice a day thing. I'm not positive because I am getting some notifications from apps, you know, aside Mm -hmm. from this summary. Um, so I'll have to see if I even have my eBay notifications, how I have that set. Um, but right now, most of my notifications, and especially my email, is just coming in a summary in the morning mm-hmm. and the evening, which is really a life-changing thing for me because, mm-hmm. you know, I was just getting into the habit, I'll just say it, you know, of when I'm at a red light, seeing something pop up on my phone yes. and thinking, yes. oh, I got to try to answer this and then the light turns Are they funny green. in your state about you looking at your phone when you're driving? Certainly that's happened here. They've tightened up on that a lot. I think it's worse where I came from, California. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm in Colorado now where, you know, people go around with hats and guns. Not quite, <laughs> but it is a little different around here. Um, but certainly socially people perk up, you know, their eyebrows go up when I say I'm looking mm-hmm. at my phone doing things at red lights. Um, But the other thing is, I think I've mentioned before that I've had this like kind of repetitive strain thing with my thumbs just strictly from swiping my phone. And I stopped using my thumbs because it took about two months of not using them to be able to bend them again, literally. So uh, too much information, I know. So I switched to my middle finger and uh-huh. now, lately, I have trouble in the middle of the night, it won't bend. So this is really great for me because I attribute all of that to swiping my phone. Sure. So I can look at my laptop or I can even look at my email on my phone purposely when I'm ready to. So this is really good not having I think it's this. Yeah, I, I think one of the problems with the whole eBay life thing is that it gradually expands and takes up more and more of your life and more and more of your day and attention, and it swamps yeah. you. And I try 
as best I can to resist the temptation to taking a peek at messages and email and stuff after about, I don't know, eight, nine at night. Because it happened to me just the other night. Uh, I got this dispute thing running with some guy and a whole lot of new information dropped at like 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And of course now... I'm going to spend the entire night not sleeping. I'm going to be composing my reply and analyzing all the different ways I could try and wiggle my way out of this particular problem rather yes. than getting a good night's sleep. So I have to discipline myself to kind of switch off at a certain time and, and try not to look at the screen till the next morning because it will bug me all night because that's just – I think we're me all like too. that to some extent. We're kind of – when it's your business – it's it's much less easy to switch off and disregard it. I mean, if you're paid by someone, well, I'm not being paid anymore, I'll worry about that tomorrow. But your business, no, it's very hard to turn off. That's right. Yeah, so you've got to have certain things in place, like don't look at the phone once mm-hmm. you're in bed. Or and European countries time. are now passing laws that, that corporations have to block corporate messaging and stuff outside of the hours you're paying people and things like that. Oh, good. In Germany I like and France that. and places like that that are much more into trying to stop corporations kind of creeping into people's personal lives. That's kind of a big deal for them. Anyway, like another thing happened to me, and I guess there's a lesson in here somewhere. I bought a couple of headsets off a guy. Good price. I was very happy. He says to me in messaging, that's great. I sold both of them. That's all I had, whatever. And it all seems to go okay, pay him the money, boom de boom And then a couple of hours later, I see another listing for headsets at the same price. I think, that's great. I can score some more of these. I'm going to make some money. It's the same guy. He's changed the picture, but he's got the, the headsets back up. Oh, okay, maybe he discovered some more. So I order those as well. Next, I get an angry message from this dude saying, hey, why have you bought my headset? I told you I only had two of them. It's an eBay glitch that's listed my headsets. Now, I don't know. I must have listed thousands of items over, what, 15-plus years? I don't think I've ever had a glitch that's either put a listing up or taken a listing down or changed a listing or messed with the price or anything like that. (laughs) They lost 10% of my photos one time, but I think most of us know about that, and that was, I think, a glitch. I will grant that. But this glitch excuse is kind of one of those dog-ate-my-homework type things that I think people reach for in the event of incompetence and kind of hide behind that because that's kind of the going excuse. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Maybe there was a glitch. I don't know. So that's the first question is, is what, are, are these glitches really out there? Or are people just dumb? And then if it is, it is a hap, something does happen, how do you handle it? So this guy's line of defense one was blame me because somehow as a buyer, I should have absorbed the fact from his chat before that he only had two and therefore I shouldn't be bidding on two items that got posted at a great price. He didn't explain what would happen if someone else had bid on it and he'd be in the same position with them. Um, and then he's blaming eBay as line of defense number two. And none of this is really reflecting very well on him. So I'm sort of taking a more aggressive position in trying to resolve this. And pushing him, why don't you just cancel one of the two transactions? You've got, I've bought four, you've got two. Just cancel one of them and I'll get refunded. You'll get your fees back. It's not that difficult, really. I mean, he's probably not sold stuff before, so I'm happy to kind of provide some direction on maybe how he might get himself out of this particular hold. I don't feel particularly anti the guy. Uh, I just want to move on. It's taking my time yeah. now and that's costing me money. Um, 
So anyway, he says he can't do that. It isn't working, blah, blah, blah. He's tried to call eBay. He's spoken to someone in a foreign language who doesn't understand the problem. And Oh, my goodness. Um, he can't just cancel the thing and issue your refund? That's what I thought he could do. Um, but uh, apparently, maybe not. Um, but I do have sympathy if he says I spoke to someone they were clearly overseas and didn't understand what I was talking about because I think I have sympathy for that prior too. to the concierge system, which I think probably people who sell on eBay in any quantity are involved in, it, it was a lot like that. And yeah. I said, look, tell you what, I will call eBay because I'm pretty sure if I call them before the end of the business day their time, I'll get through to a US-based human being and I'll kick it off at my end because I am sympathetic to that particular situation. Because he'd been given the run around, you know, we'll, we'll take a note of this and someone will get back to you in 72 hours. And that's like as good as saying 99.9% .9 of the time, we just threw your thing in the trash. We're going to ignore you going forward. Um, so I had some sympathy anyway. So I, I kicked it off as a not received from my end and he got his link and he was able to do it. But the point is, I just think that it took him a while to actually say, well, look, I'll own the problem. I'll call eBay. I'll fix this. I've got a commitment from them to try and work with me on this. And I'm happy at that point. I left him alone for a week, didn't send him anything. Yeah, um, that's so very generous. That's that's the message I think I was I was trying to put through here is that, you know, something's going to go wrong a lot of the time and it may be eBay's fault, it may be your fault, it may be the postman's fault, it could be all sorts of things. But just taking ownership and saying sorry and I'll try and get this fixed is really all that's needed. Blaming Blaming somebody else, blaming the system, blaming your computer, blaming eBay – just makes the other party think, okay, this is not going to be handled well. And then they start tooling up for a fight. Yeah. So you know, my suggestion, if you find yourself in this position, and we all do from time to time, just even if it, even if you honestly believe it isn't your fault, I would just say it is my fault. Or at least that I'll, I'll take care of fixing it. Yeah, just apologize and say, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. By this amount of time. Because it, it just diffuses the issue straight away. So anyway, uh, that's my uh, my view on glitches. I don't think they necessarily exist, but if they do, just take ownership of it and work it through. Yeah. And my buyer who um, had admitted to buying the wrong item from me, the wrong size coin boxes mm -hmm. for his commercial washing machine, so this is a heavy item that you sent out and he wanted to return. And yes. would be very expensive. Because you because you eBay's default and in fact only return option is priority mail. So right. if you've got a whole bunch of heavy metal boxes that you've sent cross country, taking a return back via the eBay flow is a pretty pricey operation. Yeah. Massachusetts is mm -hmm. where he is. And the package weighs over 52 pounds. Um, so when he opened a return, and I have free returns, and even though mm -hmm. he admittedly it was his mistake, um, I was aghast thinking of a priority bill for that. So um, I mentioned last week I came up with the idea of relisting it and putting Massachusetts as the location, and mm -hmm. I asked him, then when it sells, can I send you a label? And he did that and it sold. Um, mm -hmm. I did price it low enough to get it to sell. And I sent him the label. 
Um, he inquired about it a few days later. I said the tracking shows it's still en route. And as soon as it's delivered and the buyer has opened it, I will issue your refund. And then during the night, I guess eBay might have sent him a message saying, you have to ship this back to the seller or we're going to close your refund or you can escalate it to a case. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt thinking that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And he escalated it to a case. So when I woke up in the morning, it said a case was opened and a case was closed and found in your favor. And I'm like, oh, oh gosh, okay. poor guy. I mean, this did cost over $400 plus shipping this purchase of his. So one of your lower end kind of things, yeah. but riff, um, riff. yeah. So um, I contacted him and told him, oh, you know, I, as soon as the buyer gets it and I see that it's supposed to be received in two days, um, I was going to, I'll, I will issue your refund, but I see you opened a case and now eBay closed it, but I'll send you that refund. He said, okay, great. Thank you. So um, it showed as delivered. I contacted eBay. They sent a message to the right department. I guess they appealed the case. So me appealing a case that was found mm. in my favor and um, to eBay's benefit or, you know, uh, what I'm saying is they did a great job because I got a message that I was able to reply to okay. from yep. their appeals department. And um, I explained exactly what happened, although they already apparently had the notes. They issued him the refund and it was closed and it didn't reflect poor me, poorly on my account. Good. And the buyer was, of course, happy. It's you, it, there are so many potential complications with you know having him send it out, uh, the tracking numbers. The, does that tracking number qualify as a return tracking number? You know, it's 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 a good at the sort of simple level. It seems like a really great plan, but there's so many gotchas lurking away below the surface that might come back and bite you. But it sounds like it worked out okay. I know so much could have gone wrong, um, so. I'm glad that worked out. Good. Uh, okay, we've got uh, more uh, coming up in the program, the Selling on eBay radio show. It's all about making your eBay business more fun and more profitable. Uh, that's coming up uh, after this, if I can find the right piece of music. Here we go. Do you have an eBay listing that isn't selling? Philip and Sherry want to help. They'll each make a couple of suggestions for things to change or try to get your sales moving. Just send us your item number and we'll get to work. www.sellsellsell.online What do you have to lose? Experts are standing by. That's www.sellsellsell.online So that's the site too. If you want to give us some feedback, Either way is fine with us. We learn a lot from what you have to say. Uh, that's sellsellsell.online. If you want to get in contact with us, you can find out about our eBay operations. Maybe that'll trigger a question. You can let us know what that is, and we'll uh, do our best to answer that for you. Uh, let's have a look. eBay news this week. Uh, Sherry, those oh, pesky yes. uh, USPS charges have kicked in. 3rd of April, right? That's right. They are now in effect. Do you want me to reiterate the what they apply to? I or? think they sent out that, but I just I guess okay. it's a case of what do we do as a sellers and do just apart from just give up and despair and slit our wrists and <laughs> lie in a dark corner. Actually, instead of lying in a dark corner, I do have an idea. Mm -hmm. So, in addition to those surcharges coming in effect, um, they I've noticed. Have we talked about this that? USPS Parcel Select is now very reasonable. I, I'd noticed that too, yeah. 
So what I've, now, one thing I don't know that if you know, you could let us know, or I can look into this, is um, if they have surcharges for these sizes. But what I've been noticing on my larger items and a heavier and larger items, USPS Parcel Select has been very reasonable. So Mm -hmm. I've shown that as the first choice. Yes. Instead of FedEx and UPS. Now, I show FedEx and UPS as a later choice in Mm -hmm. case they want it in, Mm -hmm. you know, one to five days, whereas Parcel Select is two to nine days. But um, showing it as the first one will show them a more reasonable shipping charge. And FedEx and UPS has been so all over the map that I feel like this would be more reliable. So, yes, Mm -hmm. priorities, surcharges are have kicked in but now parcel select is a nice alternative that you can I think show. as long as you've got the dimensions correctly in your description you shouldn't end up being out of pocket it might end up assuming you're charging the buyer for shipping right um, then it should calculate it all out now it may be the case it's pretty hard to guess exactly which one's going to be cheapest because it probably depends on where the person is relative to you whether they're a business or a residence all that sort of stuff but I agree. Parcel Select is a good general choice for anything that's more than what about three, four pounds, probably. Yeah, and or the bigger items longer too. than twenty-two inches. Yeah, yeah. So there's kind of, and this is this is one of the problems is that this is where eBay's wonderful shipping policies become rather difficult because you know there's so many kind of well, if it's longer than this, if it's heavier than that, if it's going to here the answer is different in each case and so the number of shipping policies that maybe you have as options under your account begin to proliferate i think you you'd struggle probably most of us to get below less than 12 oh yeah uh, assuming you do some international and so it starts to get more complicated um i i in, in a way what i would like ebay to do is and i did discuss this with them and I, they kind of had thought about it i think was I would like to say, as a seller, I will contribute $15 towards your shipping, 20 whatever it is. And you can do whatever you like with that. You can pick your, your method, that's fine, and I'll just pay up to that ceiling amount towards it. So you could pick one basic, maybe parcel select, you get it for free, you want it two-day, okay, fine, I'm subsidizing it by that amount. And that, to me, would be the best way of dealing with it and, and just let the buyer figure it out. And there's no reason, I don't think, why when they get the search results with the postage costs in the results, they couldn't just figure that out for their particular situation. Yeah, and, but wouldn't it, I love that idea. Also, on top of that, wouldn't it be nice if eBay would just automatically show them the least expensive method yes. first? I agree. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that way, they're not just turned off by the listing before mm-hmm. they even dig in. Agreed. And maybe they could have a button. Would you like to see other shipping options or you know, other mm-hmm. shipping methods? We could talk a little bit about other things that eBay is looking at. I know we can't get into the detail, but you've talked in the past about how difficult it is for you to know when something sells, exactly what eBay's take is, because you need to then figure that out in terms of paying your consignee account. And right. it sounds like uh, from the, 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 the rumblings of the machine, that they've taken that on board and there seems to be developments in the works that might simplify that, right? Um, oh, are you talking about the fees? I'm talking about... Oh, no, we, I got there's a, there's a, 
these uh, eBay has this sort of research group, and you can sign up to be on it. It's called eBay Expressions. And yes. it's, uh, I think they I think it's like a thousand people in each sample or something like that. And we, we're dancing around it a bit because when you sign up, you're supposed to agree not to tell anyone what it is you right. saw. Right. Okay. So, so we're it talking is in very general terms. Yeah. Okay. And, and it sounds from something that came through, and, and I'm sure they sent it to a great many people, probably you even saw it, uh, about they're testing out different ways, perhaps, of responding to Sherry's need, which is to yes. know at the time of the transaction what eBay is going to charge her. Yes. And I filled that in today. Mm -hmm with my little wish list of exactly how I want it. And I was able to answer their question of how this will improve my life greatly and save me hours upon hours. This is so exciting. Good. So I have to give eBay props uh, because if they do this, it, it this is an example of them listening to mm -hmm. what we need. And you do, by the sound of it, what I do is usually there's a blank box where you say, I think this is a good medium bad idea. There's usually a box where you can add comments. Yes. I wax lyrical in the box. About, I did too this time. Usually with, with few restraints about what I think is wrong with it or what I would do differently if I was king of eBay. And I have a pretty good record, I think you do too, of getting the email two weeks later from the market research company saying, hey, would you be available to do a quick Zoom with the product manager on this? We've, yes. We'd like to get your ideas or whatever. Um, so if people say, well, does eBay research stuff? Absolutely. They, they way over-research stuff a lot of the time. How do you get to be part of that research? Well, getting on the expression thing, which I think is just you can just apply to be on it. There's no real filter for that. And then taking advantage of that to tell them in direct terms exactly what it is you think that should be done. I mean, they don't want people to just hate eBay. But I think if you if you sound off about what they could do better and why that would be a good thing, they seem to pick up on that. Yes. I've had a few follow-ups on that. Mm -hmm. It's very so that's, satisfying. That's interesting. So that's kind of underway at the moment. Also, uh, communications from eBay. You can sign up, too, to be part of eBay Main Street. Now, this is their gov government lobbying group. And they try and keep an eye on all the acts and stuff going through the government to try and pick out the ones that might be problematical for sellers in general and probably more so for eBay. And they've been writing recently about this Shop Safe Act, I think it's called. I've got a few messages from them on that. And they just, my, my grumble here is that they'll say this is really bad for eBay, bad for you, write to your senator. But they don't actually say specifically what parts of the act they think are so bad. And I don't really feel comfortable just mailing off complaints to senators without really understanding what it is I'm, I'm objecting against. Now, in this particular case, I did Google it, and I only gave it a quick cursory look through. And one of the key things it seemed to say was that actually when you sell something online, you have to have a picture of the real item. Well, that's one of my pet beefs against eBay, is that they do very little um, to enforce the the long accepted rule, I think, is that a used item should have the actual photo of the item in the listing. That strikes me as basic. And indeed, they actively promote against that. If someone takes Sherry's photos from her listings, and let's say I take her photos and use it on my listing, and Sherry complains to eBay, they're going to say, well, I'm sorry, we're not going to do anything about that, because as far as we're concerned, anyone can do that as much as they want. We don't care. It's not our problem. And to my mind, why would Sherry bother putting really nice photos up of her items if I can just take them and steal them and use them myself on my less attractive looking items? 
And why is that a good a good deal for the buyer? Because they're going to be receiving pictures that don't reflect the item they're going to receive. So that's a bad buying experience. So, you know, to me, if this act shuts that down, I'm actually in favour of the act. So I just wish they would be more explicit about exactly what they think the problem is with some of these things, rather than just take us as, you know, people that blindly send off letters to senators without actually understanding what it is we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and in other news, eBay launches eBay Academy. Oh, okay. And uh, this was, they had um, launched the eBay Seller School and over 19,000 people participated you, in that. You've done that, and, right? You've been through that or you've looked? Yeah, I've been through it. And I also got to be on a couple of special programs that they had, like for California. Um, I got to be one of the seller coaches that helped walk people through it. Um, but eBay Academy, as soon as I heard about it, I thought, oh, I wonder if there's seller coaches involved or is this just online? As far as I can tell, it's really a revamped seller school mm -hmm. and it's still the online videos and tutorials. And I have to say, being that I've put together eBay classes over the years, they do an exceptional job. These tutorials, the videos, or even the step-by-step -step walkthroughs are excellent. I was going to say class. the same thing. I, 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 th I think that when eBay gets with a company and they, they figure out how to do this on video, those little videos, they don't seem very long, but they are really well thought through. They hit all the points you need to know in yes. an easy-to-understand version, and they net it out pretty quickly for you. So I think yeah. they're trying to make it accessible enough that everything is divided into, what, 15 minutes or less video chunks, probably featuring real-world sellers. I mean, did you get the call for that? No? What, you missed out on that No, one? no. Was oh, there, there a call for that? I don't know. I, I probably <laughs> – we've fallen off their, 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 their nice list. Um, yeah. And I think it feels real, real sellers, um, and, and it's supposed to be real-world situation, and it's uh, video-based. And, you know, it, it, I think if you're trying to get up to speed on eBay, absolutely no harm at all in checking it out. I think it's, um, yeah. they do they do this very well. And it's a, it's a good, it's a good information source. I was only disappointed. They used to have a really good video. Griff was in it and it was maybe three or four minutes. And it was on how to take pictures using a small point and shoot camera. And it featured the light box thing they were pushing at the time. Mm -hmm. And anytime someone said, well, how do I use my camera to take pictures of product? I would point them towards that video because there was nothing better, mm -hmm. you know, that ran less than two hours that would that would tell you exactly how to use a point and shoot, get a nice product picture. But they've long since taken it down because now uh, they're driving you towards using your phone or tablet and directly into their app. And I understand there's reasons why they want to do that, but uh, it's a shame because that was just a work of art in terms of trying to explain to someone how to use all the buttons and knobs on their camera to get a nice picture. They did a very good job on yeah. that as well. It's too bad they don't keep that too, to say if you want to do it. And if it wasn't a cliche, I, I would say, and talking of taking pictures, but that would uh, be very expensive in terms of the cliche jar, so we won't say that. <laughs> uh, I did notice uh, about some, some training. It's about Photoshop, which is fairly high-end by eBay seller standards, but there's some free sessions uh, at the beginning of May. The site is psummit.com, and I'm guessing PS is Photoshop, so PSSummit.com. And there's some, some beginning sessions and stuff there. So there's a couple of sessions that you might find of use. 
Uh, I think for a couple, if you for free, you can download the content a couple of days after it goes out. After that, they'll ask you to sign over some money. So keep an eye on that one. And you know, uh, people, I'm I'm guilty of this too. I I think people get frightened by the idea of using their computer to edit pictures. It's one of those things that is seen to be incredibly difficult and in the in the too difficult to di- get around now kind of thing. It always gets sort of put on the back burner. And I can understand that, but it really is potentially the way to raise your game. And really, I'm, if only you change just the first, that gallery image, make that look really nice. The rest of it, you can get away with a lot less, I think. But some basic image editing techniques will carry you a very, very long way. And whether you attend that PSSummit.com thing or just search around YouTube and try and find some some good explanatory videos, I I think that's one of the key skills that as a seller you need. And it's something that people overlook or run away from. I think Excel is another one too, but we won't get into that right now. Um, and so I, I would check that out maybe. it's a It sounds like a good resource. Um, so I'll uh, I'll park that there and uh, see I'm what you think. I'm going to check that out. Very good. Okay, coming up, we're going to be talking about what the heck it means to be a top-rated seller and uh, how do you win or lose that status. That's coming up next on the Selling on eBay radio show. Okay, so Philip and Sherry clearly aren't experts. Did I play this we one need earlier? Your help. I think so. Will you be a guest <laughs> on the show? Is there something about selling on eBay? It's a bit of a rough show today. We'd like to Sorry have you this. join us. Contact us. We'll have some professional people www. next week. <laughs> we sell, 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 dot online. That's www.sellsellsell.online. Thank you for being well, the part of the show. the website's useful anyway. Very good. Well, it seems to be going pretty smoothly this week, so uh, another train wreck of a show. Uh, lovely to have you with us. If you want to contribute, uh, please do. You can give us all that poor feedback that we deserve this week at sellsellsell.online. That's our website, sellsellsell.online. And I'm so grateful because I could not even begin to explain the ins and outs of what top-rated status means on eBay. But but Sherry's very kindly agreed to talk to us a little bit about this. So first of all, what is top-rated status? You see okay. it flagged on people's accounts and their listings, but I, what exactly is it? Well, it's the highest level of excellence mm-hmm. that your seller status can achieve. And uh, you have to meet four basic criteria. So uh, other than the fact that you have to have at least $1,000 in sales, and I believe you have to sell for at least six months. Mm -hmm. So if I'm wrong, you can let me know. But uh, beyond that, um, you cannot have higher than three of a defect rate, higher than three. and uh, I'll talk later or soon about how I actually got to three. So I'm dangerously close to Mm -hmm. losing my top rated seller status. And the next criteria is your late shipment rate has to be 3% or less. Mm -hmm. Um, And then closed cases without seller resolution has to be 0.3% percent or less so less which is than why we always try and if anyone's talking about a dispute we we try and reinforce that you're better off paying out or conceding than letting it go to ebay if you're going to lose a, a case if you, if you yeah. win escalate all the way if you're going to lose right. don't escalate don't let them escalate just pay the money and move on 
That's right. And then your tracking has to be uploaded on time and validated. That has to be 95% or better. Mine's at 97% and eBay's mm -hmm. starting to warn wow. me that okay. I could lose my top rated seller status. Okay, so, so now- So what's interesting is that, um, and people may be confused because it says top rated, the word rated kind of implies it has it's connected to ratings, in other words, your scores. And as of a number of years ago, it has nothing whatsoever to do with your ratings and scores. That's right. So, And to be honest, you're not even top some of these things. There's people that have awful feedback um, who are by no means top sellers, as far as I would define it, yet can easily be top rated per eBay's definition because they get the stuff out on time. Yeah, I remember the eBay Open where they announced that they were changing it from being based on your DSRs, you know, and feedback, and they were changing it to these criteria, mm -hmm. which is mostly related to shipping on time and mm -hmm. uh, cases and defects. And by the way, my worst uh, enemy as far as the defect rate is if you cancel a sale because you were out of the inventory of something mm -hmm. or it was damaged or lost or something um that's what got me to that three and that's you know partly from not seeing that i had a quantity of two on the listing when it, i really only had a quantity of one but, but just i i know the, the real little world. trick and i in do the real the world and we i think we all do and who doesn't and I think that if I was offering someone advice and they were, let's say, they were skirting around the, the threshold. Yeah. You put the other reason down. There's two reasons why you could, two reasons you can give for cancelling an order. You could find something wrong with their address. Yes. Or you could be out of stock or it's broken or something. And one or of them the buyer against, asked to oh, cancel. Yes, yes, yes. The, the, That's my. So there's, a, there's one of those will count against you and the other ones won't. Right. Now, if you really feel that that's saying the buyer asked to cancel or the, there's a problem with the address is cheating and you don't like doing that, I th you could write to the, the buyer, uh, you could buy, you know, you, I could send you something else instead or maybe would you prefer to cancel and I'll let you know when I have it back in stock. And if they say yes, yeah, would that the be the buyer asked. answer to cancel? I, I think that would cover you. They're never going to come after you for that. They don't, they don't police that at all. There's yeah. no one in eBay land sitting there reading your messages going, mm, I don't think that was a real cancel, Sherry. I'm going to ding you for that one. <laughs> it's not the right. way they work. So I, let's be real about this. Most people do not put, I ran out of stock or I sold something I didn't own. They will find another way of, of canceling the order that doesn't affect their, their account. And I, given we all do that, no one's immune from that. It seems to work okay. So if you want yeah. our tip to stay out of jail... I think um, that would be it. That's right. <laughs> Thank you for that. And why do you want to be top rated? Well, mm -hmm. A, bragging rights, but B, sure. if you um, if you opt into the free returns for whatever listings you choose that for, then you get a top rated seller badge on the listing. And that could instill a lot of confidence with the buyer, mm -hmm. seeing that this is a top rated seller plus listing um, and eBay gives some little explanation of what that means and um, so a it can it gives you the badge the buyer might have more confidence buying it and B 
um, you get 10% off of your final value fee or your selling fees. Now, do you do do you jump through those particular hoops in your business? So the two I, hoops are 30-day paid returns and I think ship within one day and basically have your account in the at the level we talked about. That's the, the criteria yes. to get that on your listing. Yeah, I do all of that. And I do free returns on most mm -hmm. of my items. I try not to check the box for things that weigh mm -hmm. more than 50 pounds, but gotcha. that, sometimes yeah. I do that I, by me mistake. Too, me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I do that. I mean, part of it is just bragging rights. Like you want to be the best at what you do. Um, and the other thing is just, you know, instilling buyer confidence. And plus, and I'm not going to turn down a discount. Now, they introduced that requirement, I guess, a few years ago. And when you, when you, I mean, you're probably like me, apprehensive about turning on free returns, right? Yeah. Did it, did, did you see any appreciable uptick in, in no. people sending stuff back? I, I don't think I Not noticed anything whatsoever. Not at all. The only now, difference I noticed is people seem less, um, fat quick to try to blame it on me mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. now they don't have to. So I right. have seen a difference where they just honestly say it didn't fit. You know, yeah. or I ordered the wrong size. It does diffuse. They, just, they they come at you if there's a question or a query. They're not coming at you in a combative mode trying to get you to pay for the return postage. You know, it, it's it's right. a much much more constructive conversation in my experience. And I don't I don't think I saw an uptick of people sending stuff back. If it was it was so small, it was more than covered by the ten percent discount I got on the final value fees. Yeah, I so um, I agree. Every every business is different, and it probably depends on the categories you're in. I mean, if I was selling shoes, I might be a bit more nervous because they're kind of expensive to send both ways, and they there's a high return rate. So maybe you wouldn't do that, or it would be hard to justify the premium you would get. But anyway, so um, I, I guess you've got to try it. But but try it if you haven't. If you are nervous, and I think there's plenty of people out there that will back this up and say actually it isn't. It isn't as bad as you think it might be. It's worth a right. try. Right. And I have to just add that in general, I don't have free shipping on my items. So when I'm out the, the return shipping, I'm not always out the original shipping. Many sure, times, yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, if it's because it didn't fit, I re and I give measurements in my listing, I refund them the purchase price, but not their original shipping. So that's just food for thought when you mm. do free returns. So you were saying that there's a, there's, a, there's a fair number of hurdles to pass on this thing, and you were saying that actually you were getting close yes. to, to, to crashing out on a couple, right? Yeah, let me tell you my formula for how okay. you lose top-rated seller status or become in danger of doing so. Mm -hmm. Number one, get the flu on Monday when you have 20 items to ship. And had they Number sold two, while you were in bed or so you they got, sold woke over up feeling the weekend. sick? Oh, okay, yeah. You get up Monday morning or I did anyway. I went to my pure bar class and I thought, gee, because I only got four hours of sleep, I feel like absolute utter hell. Mm -hmm. And I even said that I said, I feel sick as a dog. And I looked around because some people looked up at me and I said, well, I'm not really sick. I just didn't get any sleep. I did the workout, which felt more difficult than anything I've ever done. I came home and ended up having a fever. So I'm sorry, people. Uh, it, it did turn out to be a 24 hour flu bug. Mm. I did take a home COVID test. It came out negative. However, it, 
progressed. You know, having a fever, I don't know if you remember the feeling, but it's totally incapacitating for me. Mm -hmm. I was so nauseated, I had to just lay down in bed and I couldn't move. Therefore, I could not ship my items which had sold over the weekend. So just um, on that, because I, again, trying to think about are there any workarounds here? I think because there have been so many problems with USPS in particular in the last year or two, if you print the label within the specified handling time and the item gets to the recipient within the date that eBay quoted an estimate, which, of course, you can't control, I think you're deemed to be on time with shipping, even if they didn't pick it up till the day after. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you know what? If I had gone mm -hmm. straight from the workout to my shipping, I could have gotten it under the window of still being able to move around. But once I that fever, my fever gotcha. went up. I, you know, it's like it's different than, than COVID because with COVID, but if you, when if I you had just printed COVID, the labels and just spit them out and leave them sitting on the label printer and do nothing else, and, I have to weigh them to do that. That's not to in the print listing. the labels. Uh, I have to, no. There, even though I have dimensions and weights okay, in there, right. sometimes they're different. But that's just worth bearing in mind, in a general sense. Some, there's a, a little, bit of, people, yeah. a little bit of wiggle room. There's a little bit of wiggle room because they have that's relaxed good to it. Because it, it used to be, I think, that if USPS didn't scan on that the day zero that you you print the label and ship it, you were, you would got a ding for late shipment. I think yes. that with everything that's going on has quietly been relaxed, saying, look, if you print the label on time and it gets there at the end, what happens in between is perfectly okay. We're not going to worry yeah. about that. So they've You're relaxed right that a bit. That. And I think that's a, that's not an unreasonable approach. So if you find yourself in that position, there is the possibility, if, you're, if you're, you've got like 20 minutes before you've got to go to bed and, and sleep it off, maybe spit out some labels if you can, fairly quickly, yeah. and, and, and leave that till you feel better. Maybe tomorrow you could get them out. And the extra day that you'd spend in bed may not count against you. Anyway, that was just yes. my, my injection on that. Sorry. Good point. Okay, good point. Now, number two, agree mm -hmm. to ship a small charm in an envelope with a stamp. Uh, as this is my mistake number two, yes. um, a buyer wanted to buy, I'm embarrassed to say, a charm that she convinced me to sell to her for $7.50. And then she said, you know, I'm only a couple hours away from you. Just, you know, can you just put it in an envelope with a stamp? And I went against my 16 years of experience and did that. Mm -hmm. And when she didn't receive it in three days, she opened a claim and run, won the case. And that was my defect against me. That's a case uh, that I lost. Uh-huh. Okay. Right, can I so, chime in with another 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 pro tip for you? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I think there's a perfectly legitimate business model to not have tracking on stuff that goes out. I mean, let's say you're selling garden seeds, you know, tomato seeds or something. I mean, they're probably what 99 cents, 199 a pack. You don't want you're not going to put that in a $3.85 first class tracked envelope. It makes no sense. You just stick it in a regular business envelope and yeah, you might get a few claims. That's where your second account comes into effect. You do that through not your oh. main account, but you 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 have a second account. Let's say you do enough of this that it's worthwhile. That's so smart. And to be honest, you have an account where you don't care about your ratings. 
an account yes. where you do care and you don't channel uh, untracked items through the, the the proper main account that you really care about. You shovel all that stuff through your secondary account and yeah, you're going to get a few people that say they don't get it. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but uh, that doesn't then score against you. So that because people say, well, how do I do that? The answer is you have a sec you have a second account for that kind of stuff. Is my yes my suggestion brilliant? Okay, sorry. Good I job. Okay, number three, your client who ships the item for you, mm -hmm. and I, you send them the label, puts a first class label that you provided on a priority envelope because you sell on consignment for people where you do the listing but they hang on to the item is that what happens and then only with this one person oh, okay. i sell on All consignment right. for people i take the but i have one person who's excellent mm -hmm. and um he's in california and i'm in colorado so with him we've gotten to this arrangement where he sends me the pictures the description and the weight and the package size so now anyway i sent him a picture of it and just let him know um, because what happened is the item, so this priority item in a priority envelope with a first class label, instead of the post office just charging me the difference and telling me what I did wrong, the package showed tracking. So when the buyer was complaining he hadn't received it, I checked the track and I said, oh, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sorry the post office taking so long. I see it's moving. Mm -hmm. Well, it was taking forever. He opened a case and eBay found in his favor, which I can see why. And it came back to me two days later, which is when I discovered what was going on. Mm -hmm. So the post office sent it back to me, but they took two weeks to do it. Yeah. Return is, they don't, they don't really put a lot of priority on stuff coming back. You know, that's a bit of a, yeah. a bit of a wild card in terms of how long it takes to come back. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, I can see and, why that would cause problems. Yeah. And then number four, I already talked about just uh, yeah. duplicating your listings and not checking. But it's worth, the, I think, it's, a such, it's such a common problem. And it's just the way the eBay system works. If you relist something, the original quantity goes into that listing. And you just have to learn by, usually by getting it wrong that you have to go in there and change the quantity. So if you had five and you list yeah. one more, it's going to list five until you edit that five down to a one. And we've yeah. all done that. And it's when when the thing sells, you have no idea what the hell's gone on. Why, why, why have I got this order? Why, I don't make, this makes no sense to me. I have got the item. What happened here? And, and you track right. it back. You go through the email archive and, yep, that's what happened. I relisted it and didn't edit the quantity back to the number I should have put in there. Yeah. So easily done. Yeah, they can mount up. Yeah, and then go to Mexico for a week because you have a planned mm -hmm. vacation. Well, you can't get so sick anyway, and you can't I'm, go on vacation. That's the two rules of uh, your business. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I got sick. I went on vacation. I'm still top rated. I just got to really there watch go. it now. Good. Excellent. Well, let's press on. Uh, thank you. Very good. I feel we're, we're, we're going to be dumping the uh, session that we had on, on messaging because that'll be done next time. But I do think we want to try and squeeze in the little discussion we had lined up here about this cyber stalking thing. Now, if you're wondering what on earth has cyber stalking got to do with eBay, well, then you're slightly behind on the news. Uh, you, could e you could Google uh, eBay cyber stalking and get lots of interesting things to read. So you've got a, a civil case and a criminal case for these cyber stalkers. The criminal case um, here, first of all, I guess, I think this, these both apply to the uh, 
the criminal case. There are two two gentlemen who are pleading not guilty to cyber stalking. The other people at the working level that were involved, I think, have all pleaded guilty and are, are waiting in due course for uh, sentencing. Uh, one of the things they've tried to say in their defence, these two gentlemen, Mrs. Mrs. Bohr and Harville, is that actually what they were doing in all this activity was simply replicating techniques that they had used under the direction of the FBI as some kind of, I don't know, uh, informant handler or freelance agent or something or other. It's not really clear quite what their roles, if any, were. Because, uh, of course, the FBI says, well, we don't rec- we're not telling anything about people we use, and if, and if that's true anyway, and, and they're not really helping them on that one. And uh, the judge ruling is posted to the uh, the the case now, and the judge says, perhaps not surprisingly, you know what? A, we don't know whether you were in fact working for the FBI and doing some of these things. A lot of what these chaps have been saying have been slightly suspect at, at the best of times. And even if it was, it's so far removed from working in the the private sector for a, a, a reputable corporation, supposedly, uh, it has no relevance anyway. I mean, I guess where they were going with this is to say, well, either the, the it's 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 unfair of the government to come after us for some activity that, by the way, they taught us how to do and was perfectly normal when they wanted our, our help, and to come after us for doing it somewhere else is now, you know, two-faced. Um, so that's not really working as an argument. And that they were following some kind of uh, direction from eBay. And I guess this is where the second thing comes in. Um, and if you want to see the document, because it's difficult to describe a document in an audio form, I've posted it to our site. I put some show notes up and you can you can see the actual thing I'm going to talk about. Uh, and that's at uh, sellsellsell.online. And there's a link to a, a page called show notes. And you can download a presentation. Now, this was written by eBay's attorneys. And it was a presentation they gave, I guess it would be to the FBI, saying, oh, we're such nice people. We didn't do anything wrong. Please don't prosecute us. And it basically tries to position eBay as far as possible away from these bad guys that were out to cyberstalk the Steiners and do lots of bad things. So it basically says, we're going to give you on a plate all the evidence you need to throw 10 people under the bus and in return, please don't come after us, eBay, because we're really the good guys. We do stuff for charity. We make people successful entrepreneurs. It is about 11 of the 12 slides, whatever it is, is kind of on that topic. So it's interesting as an approach. Apparently, that is not, that's kind of standard procedure in these situations. You are allowed to do that. Uh, normally, it wouldn't be something that was in the public domain. But I think as part of the discovery process, the two defendants have have won a motion to at least get that presentation out into the open. And it, if anything, shows just how much information was gathered by eBay in their investigations. And they kind of say, and this is my interpretation, but I, I kind of read it that they're saying to the FBI, you know what? Mr. FBI agent, there's 12,000 pages of this stuff. You're a busy guy. You don't want to mess it around reading all these 12,000. Think how much time that would take. The public purse and the costs. And, oh, my goodness, that's a lot of stuff. Tell you what, we'll share you with you the Cliff Notes version uh, that basically just nets it all out and gives you the answer on a silver platter. And uh, why don't we share that with you? Uh, so you can see 
there's various packets of information they've collected. I don't know whether or not reading this, whether the FBI went into all of those, uh, whether they just went with the eBay X, the summary version, who knows? It's interesting because it talks more about the the roles of uh, Messrs. Wenig and Weimer in this thing. Um, basically, they say that uh, Wenig, who, who left eBay and was paid $57 million, uh, to do so, and... You know, he may have used some unguarded remarks that may be motivated Mr. Weimer, who's basically um, being set up, I guess, as the the orchestrator of this thing. And that Mr. Weimer, who is who he, uh, when he hired as head of communications, um, was the architect or at least the motivator behind this. And maybe he was just trying to imp- impress his boss. Apparently, reportedly, he has this catchphrase of whatever it takes, which appears uh, in the complaint documents a few times. Maybe not the best catchphrase to have in the circumstances. He might regret using that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does confirm that Weimer was fired for cause from eBay as a result of this. I don't think they kind of were quite so explicit about that in their earlier discussions. And they claim that these people were working entirely under their own initiative, that they conspired to hide their miscontact. Nobody outside that group in eBay knew anything about this, that they knew eBay wouldn't condone this. And there's some evidence to that. But then again, you know, these people were getting on planes, they were buying tickets, they were filing expenses, they were living in the Ritz-Carlton, they were signing up for conferences, renting cars and stuff. I got to think that they thought this was all being going to be reimbursed by eBay and that someone was signing off these expense claims. I mean, they weren't very senior people. And to say that they were just running their own initiative strikes me as a bit odd. I don't know how far up the tree tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars of spend goes, but it's it's going to be higher than these people, certainly. So there's a, to my mind, there's a bit of a disconnect there. Uh, you can have a look at the presentation. It doesn't get into a lot of sort of detail of the misdoings. It does set up this Bohr character as kind of the instigator and ringleader of this. It, they also say that two people in his team had refused to participate. So a couple of people said, I, this is too, way too risky. I don't want to put my career on the line for this and had opted out. Um, and uh, it goes on to um, commit to helping the civil case, which is kind of in, in sort of hold mode at the moment, uh, that eBay will provide whatever evidence uh, is needed against the civil actions, the seven, seven civil defendants, the two executives who so far seem to have got off fairly lightly, and eBay itself. So it's interesting just to read kind of the background, the to and fro between eBay and the FBI. There's no smoking gun. It's just interesting to kind of see snippets of information there. And on the civil case... Sorry, yeah. Oh, sorry. Did the two who opted out just do work in a different capacity at eBay or did they quit? I think they were part of the the security team. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Mr. Bohr, per press reports was gradually moving towards having a staff of blonde females working in his office. Mm. Um, and But to answer your question, I think, again, kind of hinted in the documents, they got fired along with everybody in that team, and they think they may have been offered their jobs back once it transpired they'd actually refused to cooperate with this scheme. And oh, that they were, I see. Uh, it's not clear, and it wasn't really the purpose of the document to kind of get into the staff matters, but it kind of is, there's a snippet of sentence, someone got rehired. Uh, afterwards so it's interesting 
There is the civil case going on, which is obviously a different burden of proof. So that might now touch the senior executives, whereas the criminal case perhaps wasn't thick enough. But on the other hand, we have a stay on that until 16th of May, if memory serves, which was 90 days, because everybody bar Mr. Bohr agreed that this was looking like they might be able to settle it via mediation or at least discussion um, with, a, I assume, a, a, a chunky cash settlement. Um, so uh, the judge said, we'll put this on hold for 90 days, come back and let us know how you get on. And that's, I guess, where they're at now. Obviously, no one's talking mm -hmm. about that. Um, but, you know, what's, be, what's uh, eBay's market capitalization? It must be billions. So if you think that all this hitting the fan in a courtroom, let's say it wipes 1% off the value of eBay, which it could do, uh, you know, the settlement budget must be into millions and millions and millions. And, yeah. you know, if you sit there in a little house in, in Massachusetts, I mean, you know, you, you could do an awful lot with a few <laughs> a few million dollars or tens of millions. Who knows? I mean, Mr. Wenning got paid $57 million. My gosh. And I think that sets a sort of sense of scale on these things. Um, yeah. You know, you could be living on a beach very comfortably for the rest of your days. Yeah. And, yeah, it'd be nice to see everyone in court, but, you know, how much hassle do you want to put yourself through? I oh, mean, it's yeah. been a nightmare for these poor people already. I mean... Maybe journalistically they feel that getting the truth out is important, but who knows? I, I won't, I'm just speculating, but uh, anyway. It's interesting, and, and it's difficult to talk about it here without showing you the document. If you want to read it, then it is uh, on the website. That's sellsellsell.online. Uh, I also put there another article which I think looks at the case perhaps from the perpetrator's point of view. It's an interesting read. And this is a New York Times piece. They actually got one of the perpetrators, one of the ladies in the, the team, a lady called Veronica Zay, to open up a little bit about what was going on in all this. And, and obviously that's not sworn testimony. There's no cross-examination. But I, I would expect the New York Times to ask a few decent probing questions. And it does, does show a little bit about how these people perhaps didn't really want to be doing this. It wasn't really what they thought they were supposed to be doing. They were being promised that this was the route to a career in eBay because they're all agency people and obviously their primary motivation in life is to try and get a full-time gig. She didn't have much of a career prior to this. There was them dangling this idea that maybe you'd be a full-time employee for eBay, which for many people is the, the ticket to a bright future. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I have some sympathy with her, you know. So anyway, there's lots of different sides to this and, and there's a few documents posted should you uh, wish to uh, look into that. So that's sellsellsell.online. So anyway, I think just looking at the clock here, we're going to um, uh, do our discussion about are you, yes, you, uh, misusing eBay messaging, aside from the usual eBay rules and stuff. We've got a few cases that you might want to consider. We'll bring that to you next time. In the meantime, Sherry, do we have something coming up next week apart from that we should be talking about? Oh, we're going to compare our end-of-year financials and see what's changed from... 2020 to 21. Yeah, to be have a good year or a bad year, and has eBay made things better or worse? Good question. We'll talk about that next time. And that's about it for this week's edition of the Selling on eBay radio show. Philip Jackson saying thank you so much for listening, and uh, do stay in touch. And have a great week. Thanks for joining us. And uh, in the meantime, please do check out our website. That's sell, sell, sell.online. And this is Fake Announcer Guy saying see you next time.